Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. So we're wrapping up this series today, and if you've been here for parts one through three, you're going to recognize the scripture that I'm about to share with y'all again for the fourth time. Uh, but if you, if you missed parts one through three, any of those, you can catch them on our website at nolimits.church, and I definitely encourage you to do that. But you also have these message notes today. Some of you are going to love this. Some of y'all are going to hate it. Hey, if you don't want to use it, don't use it. If you do want to use it, go ahead and pull it out and get a pen ready because we're going to fill in those blanks. I'll let you know when it's time for the first one. It's not time yet, so all, all my perfectionists who's got to get all those blanks filled in, just, just relax for a minute. We're going to take a look at this scripture again first. And it's found in 1 Timothy 6.17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. So this wasn't a passive request. This wasn't like, hey, you know, when it's convenient or when the rich people are being real nice or, what, you know, go, go tell them this. Or after they've given their offering, go ahead and tell the rich people this, right? No, that's not what he said. He said, command those who are rich in this world. So go tell the rich people right now these two things. Don't put your hope in wealth. Don't be arrogant about your wealth. And don't, be hope, don't put your hope in wealth. In other words, when you become rich, there's going to be this gravitational pull to think that you're better than everybody else around you. And there's also going to be this pull to think that like your riches are going to get you out of any mess that you can get into, that you become invincible and that you can buy your way out of everything. But it doesn't work that way. And if you don't think that you're rich in this room, you're like, ah, this doesn't even apply to me. Think again. Because being rich doesn't mean that you have this huge bank account. It simply means that you have more than you need to survive. So that could be resources, or that could even be the fact that you know Jesus, and there's a lot of people out there who don't know Jesus, and in that regard, you're rich compared to them because you have something that they need. We'll get into that, but first let's read the antidote to getting a big head about being rich. Put your hope in God, who richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. So the way we keep right thinking around money is to keep our hope in God. We never put our hope in wealth because it's so uncertain, but we put our hope in God. And I, I love to point this out every time. Notice that God is okay with you enjoying what you have for our enjoyment, because there's this idea that goes around the church that if you have a nice car or a nice house or you go on a nice vacation, that you're using money that should have been used for a greater purpose. Well, that should never be part of your thinking. And you know why? Because God is never going to ask you how someone else spent their money. He's never going to do it. But you know what? He does care what you do with yours, and he wants you to enjoy it along the way. And he also wants you to do something else with it. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. So that's what we talked about last week, being rich in good deeds. Our small groups director, Chris Wills, brought us an amazing message last week. And if you guys missed that, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to that. Because there's a story in there that's pretty epic. And I've been thinking about it all week still and just kind of chuckling about when he had an opportunity to be rich in good deeds. And it started out great, and then he kind of got a bad attitude about it, and then it got better. That's all I'm going to give you. If you want to hear that story, go listen to it on our website. But look at what happens to those of us who choose to actually follow this scripture, to do good and be generous and all that stuff. In this way, you're going to lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you can take hold of life that is truly life. In other words, generosity is not a burden. It's, something, it's not something that we have to do. You're not obligated to be generous. You don't even have to be, feel guilty for not being generous, but just like the scripture says, those who have made the decision to be generous, they're having the time of their life. 
They're living life that is truly life because a generous life will always be more enjoyable than a life without generosity. And I love that I get to be a part of this church by giving the first 10% of my income. Like, it's, it's an honor. It's a joy to be a part of making an eternal difference in the lives of others here at church. And it's also an honor to be obedient to the Word of God. And seriously, like, I'm giving more than I've, I'm giving right now more than I've ever given. And I'm having the time of my life with it. Like, I wouldn't want to do anything else with my money. So the scripture makes total sense to me. Like, to take hold of life that is really life, be generous. Because it works that way. And if you're here today, just kind of like kicking the tires at no limits. Is this the place that I want to call home? Do I really want to be here? Well, you, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday because today you're actually going to find out what No Limits is all about. Because here's the deal. We're not a church just for church people. We're a church that's on a mission to make a difference in the lives of those around us. So that's why we run our facility as an event center, because it actually enables us to do more with our income for outreaches and missions. And let me tell you all, it's not convenient, and it's not easy to run this facility as an event center. That's why a lot of churches don't do it, because it's a pain in the rear end. It's a pain in my rear end a lot of times. But we do it because it enables us to do more for our people. It's awesome. And that's why we give at least 10% of our income that comes into this church. We send it outside these doors to other outreaches and missions to the Philippines and Mexico. And actually last year, we sent 20% out of this church to other ministries. And I think that should be the goal. 20% is awesome. And we're actually on track to do that again this year. Super cool. If you're interested in finding out what our, act, what our outreach dollars actually accomplish here at No Limits, you need to make plans, put it on your schedule, join us next Sunday. Because next Sunday is going to be Legacy Sunday, our first ever, but we're going to start doing this annually. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap the previous year, everything we've done, and how your generosity is actually leaving a legacy. It's going to be awesome. We're going to hear from Pastor Mark about the Philippines. We're going to hear from Coonrod about Mexico. And we're just going to dive into all the things that, that, that we do here at church and how it's making a difference. So that's next Sunday, December 8th at 11 a.m. You seriously don't want to miss that because you're, you're going to be really encouraged by it. So this entire series, it can be summed up into one statement. This is what we believe here at No Limits, and this is your first fill in the blank. So write this in. God has blessed me with more than I need so that I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. So why, we've been, why have we been talking about this for four weeks now? Because we need a reminder from time to time. It's really easy to get into the wrong mindset about the stuff that we have. I'll tell myself for an example. Like I work on a really nice computer. It costs me about $3,000, and I actually get a new computer about every two to three years. And I have the fastest internet available. It's gigabit internet, which means that's 1,000 megabits upload and 1,000 megabits, like it's super fast. And I'll, and I'll catch myself like, like I'll be editing video and like things start to slow down and the video's kind of playing back jittery. And it takes probably just a millisecond for me to be like, oh my gosh, I need a new computer. I can't stand this thing. So it works like 95% of the time great, like immediate results. And then the 5% of the time that it's not working great, I got to get a new one. And we, we, we all do this at restaurants. Like here we are, we're like in this comfortable, amazing environment. Somebody else is cooking our food. Somebody else is cleaning up after us. And we start complaining that they didn't cook it fast enough, they didn't cook it right, they didn't have my favorite sauce, or, or what, whatever it is. Like, we can always find something to complain about. And that's why we got to be reminded, and that's why we spent four weeks in this series, so that we can hold on to our joy in every situation. So don't misunderstand, this series was not to make you feel guilty. If any of this has made you feel guilty, just cast it off right now, because this, this series was, was created to bring joy into your life, because a generous life is a joyful life. Here's the truth. God doesn't want us guilty. He wants us responsible. 
Because when we're responsible with what he's given us, it just releases this amazing amount of joy into our lives. And that's the benefit. So each week, we've been digging into that scripture that I shared earlier. But have you guys ever noticed with the word, like, there's some, like, details in it that you can kind of read over? And, like, you've read the scripture, like, a hundred times, then you read it the hundred and first time, and you're like, oh, my gosh, how did I never see that? So I actually want to take a look at this again just to see if you can catch this. Command those who are rich in this present world. Did y'all catch it? Let me highlight it for you. Well, this raises a question. Like, what other world is there other than this present world? Because this gives me an idea that there's something else to think about. But, like, I've been living my life as, like, this is the only one I get. And you hear it all the time, like, you only live once. So just do what you want to do. But the scripture is telling us that there's something other than this present world. And when we understand that, it actually becomes our biggest motivation for being generous. It's when you find out that there's actually more to life than this life. You don't live once, you live twice. There's this life, and then there's eternal life. And if you take hold of this principle, you're going to be really thankful one day that you lived this life with eternity in mind. Because here's what's, what happens when you invest what you have in this life into things that have an eternal impact. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves. Wait a minute. Like, how could I be giving my stuff away and then at the same time be storing up treasure for myself? Because when I give, like, there's not more in my bank account. There's less. Money just came out of my bank account. So what's he talking about? Well, in this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So this scripture started off talking about the present world, and then it ends up talking about the coming age. And one of the greatest gifts that I can give you guys is actually to prepare you for the day that you're going to stand before Jesus. Because there's actually going to be two judgments when you get to heaven. The first one's going to be real simple. Did you believe in Jesus? And if the answer is yes, come on in. You're welcome here. And you can't earn that. Like, there's no amount of good things that you can do to earn your way into heaven. Don't ever think that you can earn your way into heaven. It's a free gift by believing that Jesus died to set you free. He, gave, he sacrificed his life so that you could be made right with God. And that's the ticket into heaven. You receive that by believing in Jesus. But now that you've received the gift of heaven, there's going to be a second judgment. You're going to walk through the gates of heaven. You're going to be there for eternity. But then you're going to sit down with Jesus. And, and that's when you're going to take a look at what you did in this life. And here's, it's going to go down something like, there's going to be this fire. And you and Jesus are going to sit there and watch it burn. And, and everything that you did that wasn't good here on earth is just going to burn up. And that sounds kind of violent, but I'm kind of thankful because there's, there's some things in my past that I would like to go ahead and burn up right now. Like maybe we can just move these chairs out and have a bonfire right now. But the thing is, like, I don't want to go through that experience, like around the bonfire with Jesus, and then there'd be nothing left over. I actually want there to be a treasure pile of things that survived the fire. And, and this treasure, it actually represents anything that you did in this life that had an eternal impact. That's what the treasure is. It's, it's every time you, you made an eternal difference in the life of someone else. So you're going to see every person that escaped hell because you lived your life with eternity in mind. You're going to see that. And that's going to be really powerful. And that's exactly what the scripture is talking about. So if you struggle to be generous, here's your motivation. There's more to life than this life. Remind yourself of this, like meditate on it. Because when you get caught up in the hustle of life and you find yourself in a place where all you can think about is you, we've all been there, just remind yourself of this truth. Wait a minute. 
There's more to life than this life. The Bible says that this life is a mist in the light of eternity. That's offensive. Because it seems really long, right? But it's just a puff of smoke. So don't invest all you have into this present age. Invest in eternity by living your life in a way that makes an eternal difference. And once you have that motivation, you actually have to do something with it. Like it can be tempted to, you can be tempting to just sit around and wait for generosity options to just slap you in the face. I'll just wait for them to come to me. But it'd actually be much better for you guys to be intentional about your generosity, to go ahead and choose that in advance. And there's no better way for me to wrap up this series than by actually helping you answer this question. Go ahead and write it down. What is my giving strategy? But listen to me, this is, this is very important. Like your strategy doesn't have to be my strategy. Can we all nod yes? Your strategy doesn't have to be my strategy. So I'm going to share some of my strategy with you guys today, but that doesn't mean it has to be yours. I'm not trying to push this on you or say that mine's better than yours or any of that. So I just rebuke the lies of the enemy right now because he'll try to tell you all that. You don't need me to be your Holy Spirit. I just want you to take what I teach today and then take it and sit down with the Holy Spirit and develop your giving strategy. Let me put it to you this way. God's not going to ask me how you spent your money. He's not going to ask me how generous you were. He's not going to ask me any of that. That's between you and God, and that is your decision to make. So the most important thing, though, is that you decide to be generous and that you have and that you do it intentionally, like you do it on purpose. So let me give you three areas where you need to develop a giving strategy. And the first one is I will intentionally share my resources. And you'll see on your message notes guide that I gave you three lines under each of these so that you can just, if something comes to mind while I'm talking about mine, oh, that should be my strategy or this should be my strategy, go ahead and write those down in that blank spot, or you can take this home and think about it later. But your resources, they're not just your money, although that's a huge part of it, but we're also talking about like your car and, and your house and, and the food in your fridge and all, all that kind of stuff is resources. The thing, you have things, and the question is, can you use those things to make an eternal difference? Can you leverage those things to make an eternal difference? Like have the neighbors over for dinner. And let them know when they come over, you know, I want to do this just to let you know that God loves you. And so do I. You know, is there anything that I can pray with you about today? And that, there's a way to take things and make an eternal difference. And I want to show you an interesting scripture. And the reason it's interesting to me is because a lot of churches don't seem to get this. Because maybe you've been like to a church service where they try to pull you into giving by like making this emotional appeal. Or they like try to guilt you into giving by saying, hey guys, we got to keep the lights on. So I need you all to give this week. Anybody ever been in a church service like that? Or maybe they have like these really well thought out capital campaigns where you have to fill out these pledge cards and they're calling you if you didn't fulfill your pledge and saying, hey, when do you plan on paying that pledge? Like churches do all these things. It's pretty crazy. Or three people are going to give $1,000 today. Who are you? Who are All kinds of crazy things happening in churches. But take a look at this. In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says, on the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. You mean I should decide? How much to give before somebody woos me into giving? Like, that doesn't sound very spiritual. But listen, if, if you're waiting for me to woo you into giving, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to do that. I want you to decide before you even get to church how much you want to give. I want that to be your decision. And you know, in the age of technology, what's really cool is you and your spouse, or you can sit down at the kitchen table and you guys can talk about it and you can decide how much to give. And then you can open up the computer and you can give online. Right there at your house. It's super cool. That's actually how most of you give. So whether you give on Sunday morning by writing out a check or you give online, I want you all to know that not one way is more spiritual than the other. It's your giving strategy. And not, like, not one's right and one's wrong because there's a little bit of confusion about that. 
Just because you give online doesn't mean that God didn't know about it. He knows me. All right. We're talking about intentionally sharing our resources. Let me give you the most practical way to make sure you're doing that, and that's become a percentage giver. This is the best way to make sure that your giving increases as your income increases. I've probably said that about every week through this series, because the reason is the more Americans make, the less they give. And that's really a shame, and that should really never happen in our lives. And the best way to guard yourself from that is to become a percentage giver. And if you're looking for a starting place, the Bible gives us the tithe as a guideline, which is giving the first 10% of your income. It's not a law. It's not something that you have to do. God's not going to send his version of the IRS to come collect all the tithe that you didn't pay one day. Like, it's none of that. It's just simply a guideline. Hey, here you go. This is a guideline. Choose to make it part of your strategy or not. That's up to you. That's your decision. There's lots of other ways to be intentional about sharing your resources. For example, Beth and I have two kids that we support through Compassion International by giving every month towards that. There's also three ministries that we support that we believe that God's called us to be a part of. So we, we set up recurring monthly giving with them. And this is all on top of our tithe, which we give here at church. And we also intentionally look for opportunities to give to individuals to meet practical needs in Jesus' name. Again, this is like just about, this is just how we are intentional about being generous. You're going to have your own strategy, and that's okay. Not one's better than the other. But here's the next thing that needs to be a part of your giving strategy. Write this down. I will intentionally share my time. You guys remember how that scripture that we read several times said to be generous. That was talking about our resources, but it also said to be rich in good deeds. So that was talking about our our time. So here's how we're intentional about sharing our time here at No Limits, and that's with the dream team. And if you're wondering, well, what's a dream team? Well, that's all of our teams here at church that give people an opportunity to serve and make a difference. We're talking about our teachers and kids' classes. We're talking about the person who made you all coffee today. We're talking about the people who are greeting you at the door. We're talking about our small group leaders and our worship band, and even most importantly, the person who's going to clean the restroom after we're done today. Whoever it is today, raise your hand. We'll come give you a hug because we're really grateful to you. But this is the dream team because everything that we're doing here at church is making an eternal difference in the lives of others. Because everything we do is so that people can know God, so they can find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. It's more than just me being up here speaking the word. All those other parts that I just mentioned are vitally important to all those things happening. Seriously, it's spiritual to clean the restroom. Believe it or not, you're making an eternal difference. And if you're not yet on the dream team, and you're like, hey, I want to be on the dream team. Well, the way you do that is you actually go through our growth track first. Because we want you on the team that's the best fit for you. We don't want to just like throw you on the team and hope that it works out. We want to like be a little more intentional about it. Like I said, growth track happens every Sunday from 1230 to 1:30, right after church. We watch your kids, we feed you food, we feed you lunch, and you discover purpose. It's a great time. Today's step one of the growth track where it's kind of like an insider look of our church, so you can decide if this is the place that you want to call home. That's what step one's all about. Happens right here at 1230. So To have a great giving strategy, there's three things to pay attention to. Number one was I will intentionally share my resources. Number two, I will intentionally share my time. And here's the third one. I'll intentionally share Jesus. So here's the deal. The three things that we just talked about, they're a package deal. If you share your resources and your time, but you don't share Jesus, you didn't really help a person. Let me put it to you this way. Social justice without spiritual justice is not justice. If you only care about their immediate needs, but you didn't help them find Jesus, you didn't really care about them because eternity is a heck of a lot longer than this life. And on the other hand, if you share Jesus, 
but you didn't share your time and resources, they probably didn't hear you because they don't care what you have to say until they know that you care. So these things, they go together. Like you can't pick and choose. I'll, I'll share my resources, but not my time. I'll share my time, but not my resources. I'll share Jesus, but not do the other two. Like it doesn't work that way because this is a three-course meal. You got to have all three of them going in your life, and we should be intentional about doing all three, sharing our resources, sharing our time, and sharing Jesus. And I know sharing Jesus can be kind of awkward, so I actually want to give you four things to help you out. Go ahead and write these down. The first thing you got to do is accept the personal responsibility. Accept the fact that your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, that's your responsibility. God put you in their lives so that you could help them find Jesus. And you're not waiting for someone else to come and reach him because you're going to reach him. You're going to be the light in the darkness. And the reason it's important to you is because you realize this is about their eternity. This isn't just about this life. And then next, build a personal relationship because people aren't looking for a debate. They're not looking for you to tell them what's wrong with their lives. They're looking for real relationships. They need people in their lives who truly care about them. So be that person. Be that person because sharing Jesus is not a rush job. It's actually much more effective to take time to build a relationship first and then share Jesus. And then next, share your personal story. Because telling other people what's wrong in their life or arguing about the Bible like that, none of that leads people to Jesus. But sharing your story, like that's something that works. Because who can argue with your story about what Jesus did in your life? Nobody can argue with that. So you might as well be bold about sharing it and letting people know exactly what he did. Because you know what their response is going to be? Wow, like that, that really happened? You think they're going to make fun of you for it, but they're actually going to be astounded by it. And then finally, give a personal invitation. Because building a relationship and sharing your story, they're both part of the process, but at some point you're going to have to ask them to do something. You can either lead them to Jesus on your own, like you're perfectly capable of doing that. We all are in this room. Or you can invite them to church, because you all know at at the end of every service, I'm going to give people an opportunity to know Jesus. Sure, they might say no, and that's the fear, right? But they're not really saying no. They're actually just saying not right now. They aren't ready yet. And you're going to get the opportunity to ask them again. The next time, they might just say yes. So I hope you now realize that really sharing Jesus isn't as scary as you thought it was. You're like, oh, I can do those four things. That's not a big deal. But if you do get scared, which we all do, just remind yourself, this is about eternity. There's more to life than this life because that one thing, that one motivation will kind of push you out of your comfort zone. You're like, okay, I think I can do this. So the whole reason we're talking about these things today is because Jesus did. And he, ha- he actually thought it was so important that he used some like in-your-face type of language in the scriptures. Let me show it to you. It's found in Matthew 6, 19. He said, don't store up treasure here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. I want you all to notice that Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, try not to store so much stuff here on earth. You know, like, just try not to. No, he said, like, don't do it. Don't store up treasure here on earth because it's inevitable. Something's going to come and destroy it. I can promise you that. And here's the solution. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and seal. So before today, you may have read the scripture and like it was a little ambiguous to you. Like, what does that really mean? But you're probably getting it now. Here's what Jesus is saying. Invest your earthly treasure into things that make an eternal difference. So that when that fire burns up all the stuff in your life that didn't matter, you're going to have a treasure pile left over and you and Jesus are going to get to sit there and be like, wow, look at this. Look, well done, my good and faithful servant. And let me show you another story in the Bible. Jesus told this story in Luke 12, 16. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So here's a guy, he had more than he needed, and he was even able to take what he had and make even more out of it. So he wasn't just a rich man, but he was a good investor too. So this story is like starting out really good. You're like, yeah, I want to be like this guy. But it kind of goes south. 
he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Man, what a dilemma. Like, I ha- he had no place to store the stuff that he didn't need. I know. Let's just go rent a couple of storage units. But he had a better idea. He actually, then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. Wow, this is sounding a lot like America right now. I don't have enough stuff in my house. So I'm going to sell this house and get a bigger one so that I have room for more stuff that I don't need. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years, so take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't it interesting that he thought his stuff could buy him extra time? That's a deception. And we all struggle with those same thoughts. We think, you know, if I could save up just enough money, then I can go live on the beach for a few years. It's going to be incredible. Can't wait for it. But here's what God would say to you. You fool. (laughs) Now, God, that's kind of strong. Like, are we supposed to call people fools? I don't know. We must note, though, that God's not calling him a fool for being rich. He's calling him a fool for what he chose to do with his surplus. This very night, your life will be demanded from you, and then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Talk about a reality check, like your earthly life get in tomorrow. And then, and then what will all that striving and, and saving and storing and, and taking advantage of people and all that stuff that you do to get more, like, what's that going to do for you then? Jesus sums it up in one powerful statement. This is how it's going to be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. So there's the whole reason we're rich. When we have more than we need, we got to intentionally send it toward God so that it can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. And because everything that we do in this life is actually preparation for eternity, let that sink in for a minute. There's actually three things that we value here as a church, and I'd encourage you to value them too. Go ahead and write these down. I'll value stewardship over ownership, because we live in a culture that values ownership, but we really don't own anything. God owns everything, and he's just put us here to manage what he owns. And when you understand that simple truth, it kind of changes the way that you see your savings account. Oh, that's, that's actually God's. That's not mine. And it changes the way you see your house and, and everything else that you think that you own. Here's the next one. I will value people over possessions. And you all know why? Possessions burn, but people last. You can't take possessions with you to heaven, but you can take people. So I've got to figure out how to invest in people. Like, I've got to keep my eyes on people because the only way I can use my resources to make an eternal difference is if I invest them into people. And if I don't focus on what I have to impact others, like to impact people, I'll, I'll actually end up using people to get more money, to get more reason. It's kind of like an either or, like you're doing one or the other. You're, you're either using what you have to impact people or you're using people to get more resources for yourself. So which, which one are you in? And here's the last one. I'll value the eternal over temporary. Every day we got to wake up and remind ourselves that this life, it's, it's really short. And we got to live our lives with eternity in mind because it helps us align our priorities. It helps us focus our time on the things that matter and our resources as well. And let's end with one more verse. And I encourage you guys to really let this sink in. It's down in Philippians 3.18. There are many whose conduct shows they are really the enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. 
Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. So showing, it says that you know many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. And then it says those people who think only about their life here on earth like fall into that category. Like that's kind of a hard thing to let sink in because I think we've all probably been caught in that dilemma to where all you're thinking about is this life. But that's not who we are. We're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Y'all, one day... Jesus is coming back, and it's going to be the most glorious day. It's going to be so awesome. We're going to be so excited to just join him in heaven and, and spend eternity with him. So when things, are, when things are tough in life, I want you to remember this. And like when you get so focused on your job that you kind of lose sight of everything else that's around, around you, I want you to remind yourself of these things, of eternity. And when you find yourself like holding on to all your money and, and, and building a bigger bank account, tearing down your barn and bigger, building a bigger one. I want you to think about these things. Is there something better that I could do with this? Because like we said, to start this off, God's blessed me with more than I need so I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. In other words, church, let's use what we have to lead people to Jesus. That's what it's there for. So let's pray now as the guys in back turn up some music. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to take what we heard today and apply it to our lives to develop our specific giving strategy So, Lord, we come to you today, and and we're thankful. We're thankful that you've met every single one of our needs. We're thankful that you've brought us together as a church. We're thankful for this roof over our heads, for the heater, and and God, we're we're so rich. Like, we have way more than we need. And you, it's because of you. Like, you gave us our gifts and abilities, and you put the opportunities before us that enabled us to bring income into our lives. Like, you did that. You created me, and you put me here at this time, at this place, in in this country, in this state, in this city. Like, you did that. God is so thankful. So we come to you today with with grateful, with thankful hearts, and and we ask you to to help us develop our giving strategy in the way that's going to make the most eternal impact. Lord, we don't want to just meet practical needs, but we want to meet spiritual needs through the, through the practical needs. So give us creative ideas. Give us the words to say. Give us the boldness to talk about you and to share what you've done in our lives. God, we need you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come in here today and right now just speak to hearts, speak to minds. And let them know exactly what the next step is for them. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed. We've talked a lot about eternity today. And maybe you've realized that like, you're not really sure if if you're gonna spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. Well, the good news is like, you can get it taken care of today. You don't have to wait. 
Salvation is as simply as believing that Jesus sacrificed his life to save yours. You didn't earn it. You couldn't earn it. Like, it's all Jesus. And your, your job in that is just to recognize the fact that Jesus did that and then receive the gift of new life in Jesus. See, when you give your life to Jesus, you immediately transition your eternity from hell to heaven. Like, it's, it just happens. Jesus takes you in as his own, and then he begins to walk with you as, as you take this journey into the amazing life that he created you. So eternity, your eternity transitions in a second. You still may have some things in your life that are difficult, that are hard, and, and he walks with you through those by giving you his Holy Spirit. Like, it's just an incredible deal, and he gives it all to you as a gift. So no one's looking around. This is just between you and Jesus. If that's you, actually, I want you to just lift your hand as a way to solidify, I'm giving Jesus my life today. So if that's you on the count of three, just go ahead and slip your hand up and put it down. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. And church, let's join them in saying a prayer together. This, there's nothing secret or, or uh, magical about this prayer. This is just a conversation with Jesus, letting him know that you gave him your life. So repeat this after me. Jesus, I've been living without you, and I don't want to do that anymore. I've done a lot of things wrong and I need your forgiveness. I accept your love and your grace for me and ask that you would be my Lord. So thank you for making me new. Thank you for washing away my past. I give my life to you. Help me to walk out your plan for my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you that, you've, that you gave yourself for us and, and we walk in that life and we walk in your purpose and your purpose for us and we just receive the joy and receive the peace that comes with all of that. And Lord, we honor you and we just thank you for, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, let's just say, say this out loud together. What's on the screen? One, two, three. God has blessed me with more than I need so that I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. That's what we're here for. Amen. Well, like I said, Legacy Sunday is next Sunday, December 8th at 11 a.m. We've covered a lot of ground this year. Like, when I look back, I'm like, wow, we did all that? That's incredible. So next week, I'm going to tell you all about it. You're going to hear how we made a difference here at our church, and you're going to hear how we made a difference in all the ministries we support, like Mexico, the Philippines, Don't Look Back, Prison Ministry, the Pregnancy Resource Center. So many great things happen. No Limits Church is leaving a legacy, and every single person is a part of that. It's incredible. So join us next week because it's going to be amazing. And if you're prepared to give today, I want you to thank God for how he's using it to make a difference and leave a legacy. If you're giving by cash or check, you can raise your hand, and they'll bring you an offering envelope. If you're giving with a debit or credit card, you can use the instructions on the screen behind me. Or if you're listening online, go ahead and head to your browser and type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar and then tap the giving button. All right, let's pray over the offering. God, we thank you so much that you've enabled us to be generous. God, you're the one that provided that for us. You're the one that makes us willing and gives us that desire to be generous. So we thank you for that. We thank you that our, our generosity is actually making a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. 
And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.